Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Exodus 41 that we read in our verse, you know, in our Bible reading this morning, the Bible tells us of the story of how the whole earth came onto Egypt. Okay? The whole world came onto Egypt to buy food because there was a great famine. Okay? And the Bible tells us that during that time, Egypt was, you know, with the help of Joseph, Egypt became the center of economic activity for the whole world. In other words, the whole world were looking for where to get food, and Egypt was the only place where they could find it. Egypt became the place where people went to get food. Egypt became the place where people were only were able to find sustenance for their families. Egypt became the only place where if you want to survive, you have to make that trip to Egypt. The question is, how did Egypt become that center of economic activity? How did Egypt become the place of... Uh, the place of survival, the place where people go to be able to sustain their family. How did Egypt become that particular place? You know, and why was Egypt the only place where there was food in the world? To answer that question, you look at what happened in the verse of the scripture where we read. The answer is found in Egypt, you know, was, was, the answer is found in how Egypt, through Joseph, prepared themselves to take advantage of the abundance of, you know, of the abundance of harvest that the Lord gave them at a particular time in their history. The Bible tells us that there was a seven years of abundance. Egypt was warned. Joseph was able to recognize that period of abundance and they prepared by taking the appropriate step and then making sure that they were positioned to take advantage of it when things were no longer what it was supposed to be. As a result of the preparation of the children of Israel under, Egypt, under, under Joseph, in verse number 57 of Genesis 41, the Bible says, All countries came unto Egypt to Joseph to buy corn, because that the, that the famine was so sore in all lands. Because of the preparation of one man, because of the understanding of the spiritual things by one man. Because that particular man was able to take the steps that he was supposed to take. Because that particular man understood what it needed, what, it, what is needed to be able to preserve life. The whole world came unto Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. From this verse of the scripture we see that without preparation opportunities are wasted. When you do not prepare, you waste opportunities that are presented before you. Without preparation, you will be positioned, you will not be positioned to take advantage of opportunities that are presented before you. Without preparation, you will expose yourself to compromising situation. Because the years of harvest was not only in the land of Egypt, it was all over the world. 
But the time when they were having that harvest, the whole world did not do what they were supposed to do. Only Egypt, under the leadership of, of Joseph, was able to do what they were supposed to do. And because they did not prepare, they were exposed to a compromising situation. They had to travel all the way to Egypt in order to be able to get their sustenance. So without preparation, you may end up looking to others for your own support. If you do not prepare, you may end up looking to others for your support. And that is what we find in that verse of the scripture. There's another verse of the scripture that I want us to quickly align that. I want to bring to our attention very quickly. And that is found in the book of 1 Kings. If you read in 1 Kings, you see a very fascinating story about the building of the temple of the Almighty God in Jerusalem. Okay, you will see that particular you will, you will see that very fascinating story of particular interest to us this morning is the dedication of that particular temple of the Lord in Jerusalem that, that Solomon built. In 2 Chronicles chapter 8, the Bible tells us in verse number 16, now the work of Solomon was prepared unto the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord, and until it was finished, so the house of the Lord was perfected. If you go back to 1 Kings chapter 6. And chapter 7, you will see the details of how that particular temple was built. What was placed inside the temple. How beautiful that particular temple was. Every inch of it, how it was overlaid with gold. How that particular sanctuary was decorated. You will see all that. But if you go to 1 Kings chapter 7. If you start reading from verse number 51, you will see something interesting there about the in, uh, elements that were brought into the temple. The Bible says in verse number 51, it says, So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated. Even the vessels, even gold and silver, even gold and silver and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. That particular verse, you will notice that I underlined something under the verse there. It says Solomon brought into the brought in the things which David father had dedicated. David's desire for the Almighty God was that he wanted to build a house for the Lord. But the Lord told him specifically, he said that you are a man of war. You are a man who has shed blood. I don't want you to be the person to build my temple. Your son will build that temple for me. And because since that time that David heard that instruction, David started putting things together for, that, for the building of that temple. He started gathering the materials that was required to be able to build the temple. Now the grandeur of the temple that Solomon built, the beauty of the, of the, of the temple that Solomon built was as a result of the things that David had done was as a result of the preparation of David. That was why Solomon was able to build the very beautiful temple. Because his father had prepared for him. His father had put things in order. David had made sure that the temple was, was well provisioned for. The grandeur of the temple was made possible by the things that David, the father of Solomon, had assembled for the building of the temple. The moment he knew that he was, he was not going to be able to build it, but Solomon, his son, was going to be the, be the one to build it. In other words, Solomon was able to build a magnificent temple for the Lord partly because of the preparation of his father David. That was why he was able to do it. Solomon was able to build something that glorified the name of the Lord because his father did most of the work for him. His father had prepared for him. Okay? If we read further in the book of First Kings, in the book of First Kings in chapter 10, by the time you get to verse number 27, the Bible says something about the, about, about the reign of Solomon. The Bible says, And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar made he to be as the sycamore tree that are in, that in veil for abundance. 
In other words, the reign of Solomon was so prosperous that people in Jerusalem, when they see silver, they think they are picking up stones. When they look at the cedar tree, which is very expensive, they think it's just like a sycamore tree. The point we are making is that David made sure that he, pre- he, he prepared very well for his son, so that when his son became the king, he lacked nothing. He became very, very prosperous. The Bible makes us to understand that David fought a lot of wars in his own time. But Solomon never fought one single war. Because his father had fought all the wars for him. The father had conquered all the enemy. His father had brought peace throughout the whole of their territory. He made sure that Solomon was well taken care of. That is what preparation does for you. In other words, Solomon made Jerusalem so rich. Because his father had done the war. The success, of, the success that Solomon enjoyed was partly do to the preparation of David and like Solomon success in any area of our own life is a function of diligent preparation if you do not prepare the possibility of success becomes what very very diminished success in any area of your life is it spiritual life is it your marital life is it your financial life is it in your career is it in your relation? Whatever it is, success in any area of your life is a function of diligent preparation. Like Solomon, function in any area of your life, in any area of our life, in any area of my life will be elusive if you refuse to prepare. Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us there, talking about the Lord God. He said, God is the one that declares the end from the very beginning. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. In other words, God is the one that sees the end from the very beginning. He's the one that prepares for the very end. You know, prepare for the things that have not even happened yet. Even in the garden of Eden, when the Lord God Almighty already knew the fall of man. He had already prepared the salvation. And that's why he said, a body has he prepared for me. When the Lord was talking about, talking about when the psalmist was writing about the Messianic Christ. He said, a body has he prepared for me. In other words, he already knew what was going to be happening. So God is a God of planning. And God is a God that doesn't do anything without planning. He's the one that carefully laid out the universe in place. He's the one that put things in the way they are supposed to be. And if you are seeking a harvest from the God of planning, if you are seeking more prosperity from the hands of the Almighty God, who knows the end from the very beginning, you too must be ready to take some time to prepare yourself for your desired harvests. Because if you don't prepare it, God is not a magician. I have said it here several times. God is not a magician. If you don't follow the spiritual laws, it will not happen. It doesn't matter how tall you are or how good looking like myself that you are. It doesn't matter. If you don't obey the rules, it will not work for you. But if you obey the rules, even if you don't speak English, even if you have a strong accent like myself, the certain things will fall in place for you. It's the rules. It's the rules. So, if you are seeking a harvest from the Almighty God in this year, and you want to see God move on your behalf, what you must be ready to do is to take time to be able to invest time in preparing yourself for your desired harvest. The question then is, what does it mean to prepare for the desired harvests? What does it mean to prepare? 
Preparation is the action or the process of making ready or being made ready for use or consideration. In other words, when you say you are preparing, you are making ready. You are trying to put yourself in a position. You are trying to position yourself so that you can become useful or be able to do certain things. Preparation is something done to get ready for an event or an undertaking. So when I'm going to a party, preparation means I go and shower. I put on the nice clothes. I spray perfume on my body. I put on the nice makeup. I enter my car and I go to that particular way uh, to go to that party. You cannot, you know, if you are not prepared to go there, that means you will show up in your bathrobes. And people will look at you and say, probably you missed your medication. Or you need to take a trip to Clover Bottom. You know, that's what they begin to look at you because you have not prepared. So preparation is something that is done to get you ready for an event or an undertaking. In other words, preparation is something you do before the day of your showing. Preparation is something you do before the day of your showing. Preparation is something you do before the time of your performance. Because you have to be able to be ready to be able to make that particular entry. The question is, why must we prepare? And why is it necessary to prepare? Why must we prepare? Why is it necessary to prepare? The reason is very simple. Effective performance is preceded by diligent preparation. You cannot, you cannot perform effectively if you have not prepared. Some of us who have been teaching life classes will understand that. Okay, some of us we know that it is not easy to stand in here and start talking. Okay, you cannot just start, you will find out that one minute is a very long time if you don't have anything to say. It's a very, very long time because you stand in there and you start looking, and that is M, 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 M. That's where you know it is a very difficult thing. So, preparation, effective performance is preceded by diligent preparation. Your performance is directly related to your preparation. If you have not prepared, you cannot perform. How many of us watched the Olympic the last time? If you watch the Olympic and you see people do some incredible thing, you try and do it and see how easy it is. Look at that girl that is called Simone Bar. The way she was defying gravity and spinning like, uh, like no man business. You try and spin it. You'll probably end up in Vanderbilt with all sorts of bandage all over your body. <laughs> the point is that effective performance is preceded by diligent preparation. You cannot perform if you have not prepared. You cannot perform if you are not prepared. Your performance is directly related to your preparation. Appropriate preparation saves you time. It saves you reduce mistakes and it improves the quality of your performance. When you are prepared very well. When you know what you are doing. When you have seen it. And that's why all of us, we always like a team that is well prepared. We like a team that wins. You don't win by accident. I hope you know that. You don't win by accident. Or oh, let me put it this way. Let me, put, let me, let me make sure I, I, I condition it properly. You don't win consistently by, by accident. Because there are times, you know, when you, I don't know, there's this particular British comedian. It's called Mr. Bean. You know, Mr. Bean is one of the most destructive human beings. I don't know whether I've ever seen this. Is this coming? Is 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 a British guy? Is a British uh, actor? This guy just are the kind of people who can win by accident because they will just do things and things will fall in place for them. But you cannot win consistently by mistake. It has to be something that is properly planned, properly prepared for. So you see, preparation is the difference, my brothers and sisters. Preparation is the difference between success and failure. Preparation is the difference between a rich man and a poor man. That is the difference. It's how prepared they are to be able to take advantage of opportunities. 
how prepared they are to be able to step into the limelight when the time is right. Preparation is the difference between success and failure, prosperity and, and, and abject poverty between a rich man and a poor man. The marketplace, the marketplace, the marketplace where you and I go every day, that marketplace does not respond to any other thing. It only responds to your ability to deliver value. And the level, the marketplace will respond and reward you to the extent that you are prepared to meet and solve the problems that are confronting the marketplace. In other words, if you go into your place of work and you are the solution bearer, if you go into the place of work and you are the one that gets results, if you go into the place of work and you are the one who is able to deal with any issue that happens within that place of work, I tell you honestly that you will be the one of people that the, that the president or the company leaders will be looking for. Why? Because you are able to produce results. You are prepared to meet the challenges of that marketplace. But if you are the one that whines and complains, you are the one that have all the excuses in the world, you see racism under every stone. I tell you, when they see, when they see, oh, they say, that person is coming. And they will not bother. I'm not saying there are no racism. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm only saying that if you are not prepared to solve problems, if you are not prepared to be able to move the stone forward, if you are not prepared to be able to provide solution, I tell you, your progress is going to be limited. The same thing in the spiritual realm. If you are not prepared to pray, if you are not prepared to hold on to the horns of the altar and say, Lord, I will not let you go unless you bless me. If you are not willing to be able to stand before the Almighty God and say, Lord, I want you to visit my situation, nothing happens. Nothing happens. I have said it here a million times. And that is that if you multiply a million by zero, it's always going to be zero. And that's why the Bible says, wherever the soul of your feet shall tread upon, there I have given unto you. You have to be engaged in the process. And part of the engagement in the process requires you to be what? To be prepared. It requires you to be prepared. So the marketplace responds and rewards you to the extent that you are prepared to meet and solve the challenges that are in the marketplace. The mark of any serious man, the mark of any serious woman, the mark of any serious boy, girl, student, worker, marriage, husband, wife, the mark of any serious person is the time that they take to prepare more than the average man. That's what separates people. That is why somebody in class will be number one and somebody else will be number what? Will be number 40. That is why somebody is paid $7 an hour and another person is paid what? $100 an hour. It's not because of the size of their head. It's not because of how tall or how short or how fat or how thin they are. It's the value they bring to the table. The value they bring to the table. So if we want to be able to move forward, you have to be able to learn how to increase your own value. How do you increase that value? You do it, number one, through preparation. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs 22, reading from verse number 29. He said, do you see a man who excels in his work? In other words, a man who has prepared. A man who understands what it takes to be able to succeed. A man who knows his stuff. The Bible tells us, do you see a man who excels in his work? He said, he will stand before kings. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. In other words, it will be a man that everybody will run after. And that is exactly the same thing that the Bible was telling us in the book of Matthew chapter 6. 
If you read from verse 33, the Bible tells us there. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. In other words, look for that area of your expertise. Look at the area where you are good at. Look at the things that God has blessed you with. He said, align yourself with that thing. Stay focused on that particular thing. And invest your energy in that particular thing. Release your resources to that particular thing. He said, every other thing will be added unto you. You're good in accounting? Specialize in that accounting. Become so good in accounting. Become so good that when you close your eyes, you are seeing accounting. When you are dreaming, you are dreaming accounting. He said, a time will come. People will line up to see you, to talk to you about accounting. That's basically what it means. The same thing when you are talking about the spiritual world. When you say, align yourself, you are serving God. Say, serve God the way you know how to serve God. Walk with God the way you know how to walk with God. Talk to God in such a way that you hear the voice of God very, very clearly. He said, a time will come. People will line up just because they want to hear you talk to God. That's the way it works. That is the way it works. Do you see a man who excels in his work? Say, he will not stand, he will stand before king. He will not stand before unknown men. How do you prepare and what does it take to prepare effectively for our desired harvests? Let's go back to Genesis 41. Genesis 41, reading from verse number 33, the Bible tells us there. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning man, discerning and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grains under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then the food shall serve as a reserve for the land, for the seven years of famine which shall be on Israel be in the land of Egypt that the land may not perish during the famine. From these verses of scripture, you see three basic laws. The three basic laws that support the principle of preparation. Three basic laws. The first one is the law of clarity. Okay? The law of clarity. Number two is the law of planning. And number three is the law of resourcing. And we're going to go through them one by one. The preparation, the preparation is effective, you know, when it rests upon three basic laws. Okay? And number one law is this. The law of clarity. Preparation is effective when it rests upon the law of clarity. What does that mean? The law of clarity. Look at verse number 35 again. And let them gather all the food of those years that are coming. And store up grains under the authority of Pharaoh. And let them keep food in the cities. That the food shall serve as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be upon the land of Egypt. That the land may not perish during the famine. What is the law of clarity? The law of clarity simply states that you cannot achieve your desired outcome without the clearly defined objective. You cannot achieve your desired objective, your desired outcome, without a clearly clearly defined objective. If I am going to Nashville, or let's put it this way, if I don't know where I am going, and I get on Murfreesboro Road, I can drive as many, I can drive to so many places without even knowing where I'm going. You have to have a clear objective. When you define a clear objective, that is when you can achieve your goal. If your goal is to retire at 24, and you are still not, and you are cutting classes, you probably have to marry rich, or you have to probably learn how to be able to do some really, really good forward nine. 
Okay? For those of us who don't know what 419 is, it's the criminal code under the Nigerian criminal justice system. It is 419, it is, uh, what do you call it? It is advanced fee fraud. That is what, what you, and many of us who have received that emails, those emails, those Nigerian emails, that is what 419 is. If you want to retire early, and you don't know how to work hard, and you don't know how to study, you have not gone to school, your father is not rich, your mother is not the owner of the bridge in Lagos, what you will find is that you are going to be involved in 419. The clear of clarity state that you cannot achieve your desired outcome without a clearly defined objective. You cannot. You cannot. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. Unless there is a defined objective, you don't know what you are shooting at. The law of clarity requires that a desired outcome must be clearly identified if that objective is going to be achieved. What do I want out of life? What do I want out of 2017? What do I want to achieve in the month of February? Unless it is clearly defined, you will just be running around in circles. And I pray that will not be your lot in Jesus' name. You will not run in you will not run around in circles in Jesus' name. But you need to define a clearly defined objective. There has to be a clearly defined objective for you to be able to achieve that which you want to achieve. The Bible makes sure that people that you know the people that Pharaoh was appointed, they should be able to. They are not just collecting food for the sake of collecting food. No, that is not their objective. The reason they are collecting the food is that so that the so that the farming will not destroy the country. That's why they are collecting the food. They collect the food so that the land will not perish. There is a clearly defined objective. They are not just gathering the food for the sake of gathering. They are not just, just, not just gathering food because Pharaoh doesn't have anything better to do. There is a reason why they are gathering it. And they understood the objective. The objective is that you want to keep this food so that your people will not perish when, time, when things become very difficult. That is the reason why you are collecting that That is the reason why you are collecting the food. So the objective must be clearly defined. The question there is, why is it important to define the objective? Why? It is important to define the objective because unless you know what your goal is, you cannot prepare. Unless you know what your goal is, you cannot prepare. A student who doesn't know what she wants to do in college, ask that student, there's a probability that they will not graduate in four years because they don't know what they're doing. So you don't know how to pick your classes. You don't know the major you want to specialize in. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. You're just roaming around. The reason why you need to prepare is because you cannot. You cannot prepare if you don't know the goals. Unless you know the goal, the goal is, you cannot prepare. Unless you know what the goal is, you can never be focused. And that is why people run about several, people run after several, several different things at the same time. They, one day they see this is the right thing, this is, the, this is what is in vogue, they run after it. Then the next thing something changes, they run after it. Unless you have a goal for your life, unless you have a goal for your family, unless you have a goal for your career, unless you have a goal for your marriage, you will not be focused. You will not be focused. Unless you know the goal, you will always be distracted. Unless you know the goal that you are pursuing, unless you know exactly that particular thing that is actually that is actually charging up your spirit, that is giving you the juice in your life, you will be distracted. Because somebody else will come up with something interesting. Somebody will come up with something more entertaining. And if you don't know what you are going after, there's a strong probability that you will go after that particular distraction. So until you know what the goal is, you will be distracted. So for preparation to be effective, you must obey the law of clarity. Number two, 
For preparation to be effective, you must obey the law of planning. You must obey the law of planning. Look at that particular verse of the scripture again, verse number 33. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a descendant and a wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect the fifth, one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the place seven plentiful years. So what you will see is that this particular man called, this man called, uh, man called uh, Joseph did not just give an idea. To, sorry, to, to, to the king of uh, to the king of Egypt, he did not just tell uh, uh, he did not just tell uh, Pharaoh that this is the next, this is the best thing you are supposed to do. He gave him an idea of how to accomplish that that, that uh, accomplish that particular goal. He stated it, say, you this is the clarity. You have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. In order for you to survive the years of famine, you need to be able to have a clear objective. That, but in order for that objective to see the light of day, in order for it to be a reality, you need serious planning. And he gave him the plan. You need an individual to manage this whole process. So the law of planning, what is the law of planning then? The law of planning simply states that you cannot achieve your desired outcome without creating a detailed plan of how to achieve that objective. I am going to the I am going to city of Nashville. I'm going to downtown Nashville. That is the objective. How do I get there? I can walk. That will probably take me to tomorrow morning. I can ride a bicycle. By the time I'm done, all my muscles will probably be fatigued. I can decide to ride a motorbike. And with this cold right now, I'll probably end up with pneumonia. Or I can get into my car and drive there. But at least I have the options. And those options came as a result of the fact that I know where I am going. I am going to Nashville and I have the option of either walking, taking a bike, riding my motorcycle or driving a car. Or actually having a brother or sister who is very strong putting me on their back and running. I mean, that's another option too. There are several options that are open to us. But the options are there because you know where you are going. If you don't know where you are going, how do you want to plan? How do you even have the option? What option are you going to use? Okay, we want to go to Shelbyville. Alright, that's still a goal. But if you don't have a goal, the point I'm trying to make is that for you to, for the law of planning state that you cannot achieve your desired outcome without creating a detailed plan of how to achieve it. And that law requires that a plan must be in place to translate your ideas into actions. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.